What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain welcome to the 100th episode of the aubrey marcus podcast So many of you guys have been with me since the very beginning, back when this was the Warrior Poet Project, and I wanted to take a moment to truly thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love running into you guys and hearing your stories, and honestly, I've learned as much from all of you as you've learned from me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to support the podcast, just leave a review, helps spread the word, helps boost the podcast up in the charts, expose it to more people, and that's always appreciated and always helpful. So thank you to all of you who've left a review and uh, for anybody else interested in contributing, that's the best way to do it. So to celebrate this historic episode, I'm dropping the first of a series of podcasts I recorded at the Psychedelic Science Conference. I got to interview a bunch of my heroes, people like Stan Groff, Gabor Mate, Dave Nichols, people at the frontiers of psychedelic science and medicine, working towards curing some of the most challenging conditions of our epoch. We are putting these podcasts together as part of an awareness campaign that's going to benefit these new frontiers of medicine and the amazing organizations behind them. You can go to thecureishere.com, sign up, you'll be the first to access all of the information, get these podcasts when they drop, and figure out how you can contribute. So without further delay, we have podcaster, comedian, philosopher, and all-around super swell guy, my friend, Duncan Trussell. My brother, we're here at the Psychedelic Science Conference. We always meet in cool places. Last time it was Burning Man. Burning Man. Man. Yeah. That's because we're freaks. (laughs) We're freaks. (laughs) And we go where the freaks gather. Yeah, that's right. And this is like information overload for freaks like us. Yes. This is the mecca of information. Yeah, that's right. What are some of the quick highlights? We're halfway through here. What's the midway update from you as far as your wandering? Well, I kind of talked about it, man. I I, I don't know why I'm hesitating talking about it, but uh, last night this guy came up to me and offered me some... Hoppe, which Hoppe. is which is the tobacco snuff that you sh- you you sort of blast into your nose, and and like <laughs> well he he, did, he blasted it into your nose. Or did you have the U shape? I have the U self blast. Self blast. <laughs> and like ah, <laughs> <laughs> like what have I done? And like it's the classic mistake. Like you're at a fucking maps conference. Mm-hmm. And a guy that you've never met is casually launching tobacco particulates into his <laughs> nose that he says are also mixed with like other things like mm-hmm. uh, so, like uh, like charcoal, charcoal, some kind of like DMT stuff he said is in there. Oh, like, good. So it's a nice little mix, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear this at night. You've had a glass of wine. You kind of casually hear this. You just see the aesthetic of it. You're like, that looks cool. I want to try that, man. He's like, okay, here you go. It, it, you know, it's, it'll give you a little rush. Little you, rush. You, yeah, this is coming <laughs> from a guy who smuggled nose powders out of the Amazon to a MAPS conference, right? Yeah. So his idea of little rush is probably way different than mine. Like Joey Diaz's idea of getting high. Exactly. <laughs> right. You'd never want to listen to Joey Diaz's dosage recommendation. We all know this by now. The world's safer for it. But like I wasn't applying the Diaz model uh-huh. to this guy. Yes. I'm at huge mistake. Long and short of it. Um, Blow it up your nose, cocksucker. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that shit. You're out there with those fucking hippies with stinky feet shooting powders in your nose. Shit. But I, I like, I, yeah, I did it and uh, 
it was amazingly painful and 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 like powerful on uh, every atom of my being was suddenly like vibrating yeah that feeling it's like you almost it's like you almost have to take a shit and you're gonna blast off into space and you're gonna yeah. like emit light from yeah. your whole body yeah. and then then afterward you just want to puke and then you're just puking <laughs> you're puking in a convention center <laughs> In front of Hamilton Morris from Hamilton's Pharmacopia on Vice, who's awesome, by the way. I love him. Have you interviewed him yet? No, he's I've, I've cool. talked to him before. Though, One yeah. of my favorite people. On, but he's like like watching me with this, like, you know, the way he wa- just studying, you know, as I'm yep. like, Bleh! and like, I'm surrounded by these wonderful maps people. So they're, thank God. Because they are familiar with this sub, I, everyone there had done this before, and were, they were. I think they were just watching it, like you know, as a form of study. And in like, but while it's happening, they were explaining like your energies are being realigned right now. You need to purge, and just like any other plant medicine, what's weird about it? And again, look, I don't care about the placebo effect. If it's placebo and it works, I'll take it. Right. But you feel this intelligence associated with these things going into you, finding something, doing something to it. You're like, I could feel the, the shaman guy who gave it to me. I'm like leaning on him and he's like, do you feel it working on you? And I'm like, I, 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 I can't talk, but I'm trying to say it's found a, something in me. It's there's a blockage or I, I can't, it's deep. But you're trying to understand how there's like hands in you or suddenly yeah. there's something going. Like, Ringing out some nasty, <laughs> toxic deep porn hub search that you made some point one just one no that one that just went way too far hundreds of thousands of porn hub searches are being dislodged from some crevice in your spine and you're like bondage fisting video 700 russian foot fetish like yeah right yeah that maybe that's what happened because i'll tell you man i like I, I and you're trying to look cool in front of people even as you're puking i'm still like trying to pull it i was like <laughs> like you're gonna pull it out it's and then, just to purge everyone Relax. i'm purging this isn't puke it's purge okay and then i uh stumbled back to my room fell on the floor lay there for some un i don't know how long but i woke up this morning feeling fucking great feeling amazing all this energy like it's the weirdest thing i I think it did something oh no doubt does i mean it's it's one of those brutal things that as you're in the middle of the nausea and puking like i'll never fucking do this again and then if i would have seen that guy i would have been like yeah all right let's do it let's ride because the result you feel afterwards is (sighs) remarkable you feel different now i have to say there's a caveat to that because when i did cambo and i've told this story before which yeah. is the frog toxin yes. where they burned me 11 times Heard and of put this. poison into my blood and then you puke for and i puked for like two hours straight i felt no better i felt mm. no benefit i felt no wisdom mm. i felt like an angry frog that had been tortured out of its poison yeah. now finally got to have some revenge on the fucking stupid monkeys that yeah. would tie him up, piss them off <laughs> until they excreted their poison. Uh. And I really felt like that was what was going on. And I think that idea of, and maybe I know potentially there's people who've had great healings from Cambo or whatever, but to me that just felt like this is a pissed off frog getting right. his revenge. My throat swole shut. I just felt shitty for yeah. like a month afterwards. So I'm not saying that you have to look at these things like everything works, no. but a lot of the shit does, particularly I've found the plants. Like right. when the plants get in there, then there's some wisdom there, it feels like. For sure. But you are rolling the dice, especially in a yeah. Marriott convention center. Like, what am I? But I'm glad I did it. But I, 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 as, it, as it was happening, I, I, yeah, just like what you're saying, I'm like, not only will I never do this again, I might never do this again because I might die. <laughs> like, <laughs> this might kill me. I'm going to yeah. die in a fucking Marriott. How long, you know, that initial rush feeling, like, if you could extend that feeling, like how long do you think you could hold that feeling before you just completely burst into rainbows? Uh, I mean, I couldn't have, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what it's doing something. I don't know. I don't, not long, man. I, it, not long. I don't want that to happen to me for, for, for any amount of time. It's yeah. like a, it's crazy that, and also it's, what's really nuts is with all these plant medicines, you think of the inception 
moment where where like someone was like, "All right, I'm just gonna grind grind this tobacco up, and I'm gonna mix it with like these different nuts and barks. I'm gonna grind this up. I'm gonna maybe like taste it." Hmm, it's pretty cool, but I think maybe I should figure out a way to shoot this into my nose. I imagine they just smelled it, right? Maybe right. they were making a powder. They think they thought they were making a tea, something yeah. they could mix, and then they smelled it, and then all of a sudden it got in their nose, yeah. and they felt it, and they're like, oh, whoa. And then they're like, minute. let's get it in our nose further. Yeah, let's bang it in like it's a nail <laughs> and a hammer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's odd to me. The technology is out there really odd to me. And the, um, the other thing that's odd is the... Uh, way that my westernized mind would be surprised that someone who gave me a medicine and while by the way while i'm trembling and i'm like uh, uh, i'm sitting down i've like puked a few times into a trash can sweet people around me he's you're purging you're purging they're giving me things to wipe my mouth uh, uh, uh. and as i'm sitting there he's like do you want to see who made this do you want to see who made this powder? I'm like, yeah. I didn't say it like that. It's like, <laughs> and he like shows me on his phone this picture of this dude with like a fucking feather headdress. He looks like a guy who could probably turn into a leopard or something. Like, did he, he have a little uh, little gourd, like a gourd penis cover? I can't, I can't, I don't remember. I mean, I, I was just look, gazing. You were looking at his feathers, but you should was, have been looking at his genitals. I, should, I didn't clearly. get to the dick. I'm like, what the, I'm just looking into his eyes, cursing him like, you motherfucker, what have you done to me? But you're seeing like, this is the met, this is the doctor. It's like, yeah. hey, do you want to see the doctor that made the, the pill I just gave you? And you're looking at this guy, but it's funny to me in my westernized mind when I wake up this morning, my back's been hurting nonstop. I've got a spinal stenosis from when I fucked up doing deadlifts and, but so, suddenly that that pain that I've been feeling is just gone. Now, I'm not saying it fixed my back. I expect it to come back at any moment, that pain. But why the fuck is that pain gone today that's been with me for so long? And, and, and my mind, my westernized mind is like, no, I reject the idea that this thing that this guy told you was a medicine created by this guy who's clearly one step away from like turning into a forest tree or something, whoever this guy is, my mind rejects that there could be potency in that medicine because I'm so indoctrinated into a westernized outlook on the way healing happens that I reject the idea, but it doesn't care that I rejected the idea any more than aspirin cares if you believe in it or not. Right. And that's pretty, pretty cool to think that, holy shit, there really might be a whole miraculous healing technology that just hasn't made its way over here yet or hasn't been translated into the language of the West yet. And it's starting to happen at this convention with these people. It's pretty cool. And that's what we're seeing. Like I just interviewed Dave Nichols, who's the head of Hefter, who's been doing all the research on psilocybin and the trials that they have ongoing alcohol addiction, cocaine addiction, OCD. They're looking at an eating disorder trial, major depression, anxiety, end of life care, spiritual. Yeah. It's like, there's so many uses for these plants and so many different ways that it works. Like the classic indication for hape wouldn't be back pain. No. Right? But in some way, by affecting consciousness, which is like the master motherboard of the system, by affecting consciousness in a way, we're able to fix most of the shit. And guess what? We already know that because it's called the fucking placebo effect. And right. it works on every single thing. That's right. why every single trial accounts for the placebo effect because it works. And what is the placebo effect, everyone? Oh, it's your mind fucking fixing yourself. Right. Right? So the idea that if you enhance the mind, expand the mind, expand its capabilities in a certain way that you can fix pretty much everything. Like we already know that, but right. now we're actually finding technologies that can enhance that. Yeah. So cool. fucking cool, man. Fucking cool. Yeah. Really cool. Being healed is so great. It's like, you know, when that happens, it's such a remarkable occurrence that it's almost makes the pain worth it in a weird way because it's just to realize like oh my god i've been relieved of this suffering by a especially in a novel way mm -hmm. unexpected way it's really interesting god i mean now i'm de I'm definitely going to take ayahuasca now i know that because now that i've experienced some little bit of purging and the embarrassment of doing it in front of people but like the after effect of like oh fuck yeah it got something out like a bat flew out of me or something like God, it's like wow i should definitely look 
I should do. I'm going to do it for sure now. Definitely. I just bought a Harry Potter magic ayahuasca wand. Connor, can you go grab that to us? Let's let's bring it over to Duncan. Let's what help is him. this? Let's help him get familiar with ayahuasca. Oh, cool. Look at my little Harry Potter wand that I bought here. Oh, yeah. What is that? That's ayahuasca, my friend. Banisteriopsis copy. No shit. So what this, when you see it in the jungle, this is really wet. The bark yeah. is like really damp because obviously it's a rainforest. Yeah. And, um, you'll see them kind of pound it out and they just pound it and pulverize it and then put that in a big old pot and then shred a bunch of these leaves like chacruna, piaje, wambisa, and then there you have the ayahuasca. But this doesn't contain the DMT. This contains... The uh, MAO inhibitor? Yeah, that makes it orally active. Is it true that these uh, there's a problem, like these are going extinct out there, like they're running out of this stuff because of the demand? It takes think- a long time for one of those to grow, doesn't it? <laughs> It's not, yeah, they're not the fastest, but they're not the thr- not the slowest. And they also grow through and around everything. Like it's a, it's a vine, you know, okay. it's a vine that, um, it would be hard to stamp out. You know what I right. mean? Like, it's not like an old tree that would be easy to eradicate. Like right. if redwoods got you high, like the world would be fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it's just about, you know, conscious cultivation, but I think that's a greater conversation that people have. They're worried about. You know, just everybody coming in and flooding and, and yeah. grabbing it. But then again, I have an alternate perspective, which is we got a sick world, you know, right. and if we don't start fixing and healing people, then we're just going to fucking slash and burn that forest anyways right. for some other purpose. And ayahuasca is going to be put in a giant burn pile regardless because right. we're going to be destroying oh. our natural environment so regardless. Like, I think there's some kind of practica- practicality that's missing from this and this kind of, we have to protect the native and like, yeah, absolutely. But you know what's going to protect it the most? When we realize there's shit down there that can fix all of our suffering. Yes. Then people are going to care. Then people are going to start putting their actual hard dollars to preserving yeah. this land and creating ayahuasca reserves and doing the things. Like We got to show the world that it's worth caring about in a right. ways it isn't so abstract. Oh, the lungs of the world. Great. Like the really conscious people care, but someone drinking Budweiser in Iowa doesn't give a fuck about the lungs of the world. They don't or give their a fuck lungs. about their own lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're ripping fucking camel heavies or whatever. They're at war with their lungs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. So yeah, I kind of have that other perspective. Like these plants are here to heal, not just a specific small group of people. Yeah. They're here to heal the world. And yes. so we need to find ways to to make that happen. Yeah, that's the translation process. You just have to translate the data because we're like, I don't want to call it racism. I don't know if that's necessarily what it is, but it does seem that when the brown people from the jungle start talking about a healing technology that they've had for a long time that really works to heal a lot of Western afflictions that we have no real cure for, people over here are like, okay whatever go play your fucking flute somewhere else psycho that doesn't work you quack you fucking quack no one wants to hear your shit you quack what are you what are you gonna do what the spirits did it oh the spirits (laughs) healed me get the (laughs) fuck out of here that same person goes down there to drink and they're like the spirits are after me help me (laughs) that guy's like oh what about those spirits now bitch yeah Yeah. exactly so it's funny we I just love that we're in this bubble here in the West and it's like nature itself has, is attempting to like get into our brains and our bloodstream to like make us stop yeah, or at least to shift our uh, momentum into a different path, into a different way. So it's fascinating to me that it's having to pierce in the same way it has to go through the blood-brain barrier to get into the brain. Ayahuasca actually has to go through this other barrier, this kind of like the barrier of our paradigm. Mm -hmm. And to pierce through that, not only does it have to get through the underground and into our bloodstream that way, but now what's happening is it has to get into like flow charts, Excel spreadsheets. It's got to get into a series of statistical models analyzing. It has to pierce our religion, which is science. Yes. And it's doing it. That's what's nuts is it's doing it. It's gotten into the the way it's doing it is by possessing our scientists. Mm -hmm. Scientists are now drinking ayahuasca it's possessing their minds and using them to make the flow charts to get it to the people who have to look at the charts and be like oh yeah i guess the brown guy with the flute was right what do you know it cures depression what's really interesting too about these plants and it kind of goes to that theory that you know hamilton southard i know has been on your podcast as well talked to me that these 
and the paradigm they have is they look at them as entities and these are entities of such infinite wisdom and benevolence that for them to manifest in human form wouldn't even fucking make sense right. they have a scope and capacity far beyond that so right. they manifest as plants but the interesting thing about these plants you look at marijuana it's a weed it grows fucking easily and everywhere hard to stamp out yeah you know you look at mushrooms they literally spring up out of random cow shit yeah if you want to stamp out mushrooms good luck, good luck. Yeah, have I'm gonna have a fucking blast with that. Some yeah. random cow is just gonna shit, and they're gonna come right back. Yeah, like you right. can't eradicate them. Yeah. And the same with ayahuasca in the jungle. It's a creeping vine that takes over whole areas and winds its way. Right. You know, it's these things are they come in the form of some of the hardiest and most resilient things, as if they knew. Yeah, the monkeys are gonna try and fuck us up at some point. Right. You know, the monkeys, but we gotta be a little bit smarter, they'll figure it out eventually, right. and then they'll want us. And if they've eradicated us completely, they're gonna be screwed. Right. Yeah. That's our that's the I mean, this is the hope of the psychonaut and the spiritual healer is the right now. This is one of the great hopes for the earth. There's a few different hopes. You know, we've got the transhumanist who believes there's gonna be some technological solution through AI or some merging of human consciousness with technology. This is kind of the reverse, we believe, through a merging of human consciousness with plant intelligence. There's going to be enough subjective epiphanies that it creates a shift in the uh, paradigm and causes people to stop blowing people up in other parts of the world and sucking all the resources. But both of those very hopeful probabilities or possibilities are, are, are probably sadly and I maybe just because I'm not trained in positivity, <laughs> sadly that both of those probabilities, the more I think about it, or maybe it's just, you know, with the current times, uh -huh. I think, God, I don't know, man. Like, if I'm a betting man, like, if this is just a video game, you yeah. and me are in Vegas, yeah. and we've been watching, like, Earth Movie, yep. and they press pause on this point right now, and they're like, everything's going to change in the next uh, 10 minutes of this movie. How do you think it's going to change? Let's bet. And, and it's just, we're just betting. And we've been looking at everything. Fucking North Korea, <laughs> ISIS, Moabs, the, 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 oh wait, okay, oh yeah, the Earth thing. It's floating in the middle of a galaxy where rocks slam into it. And so when you're placing your bets, <laughs> You gonna, how much are you going to lay on, oh, no, the vine, the magic vine's going to get into the heads of enough senators that they're going to be like, oh, you know what? Let's stop blowing up these people. No, ISIS is going to start drinking ayahuasca <laughs> for sure. It's going to get into ISIS. The radical, fundamentalist, Islamic terrorists are going to be like, hold on, guys. Let's take a break from the jihad and sip upon the, uh, the vine of death so that we could truly understand who we are and rid ourselves of our internal darkness. Let's stop. No. That's not going to happen. And so when you look at that, the reality of things, I don't want to be negative. I do. Well, that's fine. Take your time because I'm going to come in like a positive motherfucker yes, okay. and play the other Please, side of the I coin. I need that. I need that because the way I look at it is kind of like, okay, what is the, uh, the reality? I, I think, yes, things get good. Yes, for sure things get good. But, you know, like Crowley said... When there's birth, there's blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think that things are going to be smooth all the way necessarily. But when I look out, I look with a lot of a lot of optimism. And again, I love that video game analogy or the movie analogy because there's always the pinch. There's always where the odds seem almost insurmountable. Right. You show up in, uh, you know, the game. Like I think one of the last few games I played was like, uh, I think it's called God of War. Or something okay, like sure. That, where you're the dude with the little. It's cool. It's cool. And you look up and you're about to fight fucking zeus and zeus yeah. is this big and you're this big yeah like, how will i ever beat zeus yeah but nonetheless you have the tools and you have the way with enough skill yes. and enough attempts and enough tries yes you can change that and i think that's exactly the plot of this game that we're in yeah the the enemies and the resistance has mounted yeah. and looks insurmountable but there's a certain kind of 
resilience and a certain kind of forging of the human spirit that that creates. There's yeah. everything has a counter reaction. All of this resistance is going to create a response that ultimately is going to be strong enough, I think, to overcome it. It's simultaneously building the positive side as it forms the resistance yes. on the negative side. It can't do one without the other. So we're just getting stronger and wiser and smarter and more conscious and activating more resources that are just starting to come up. And I think some of it's going to be the old guard is going to die. You know, I mean, I, I was listening to this. There's actually been a study done that science doesn't really advance from scientists or anybody really changing their mind. It advances when those people with the old theories die and the new people come up. People are very, it's very hard for people to change their minds. But when you're younger and you haven't been exposed to that system and you have a new system where people are going to Burning Man and expanding their mind and those people start to seize the power, you know, then I think we can see dramatic change. I'm really thankful, actually, even though it sounds kind of fucked up in a way that we haven't found the technology to advance human life indefinitely because I think we need some old, stubborn, egoic, you know, the old guard to pass and pass the torch down to the younger generations, mm. which typically, and it's not always the case. I mean, fuck, I just had Dave Nichols in here who's 72 and yeah. Gabor Mate who's 73 and yeah. Stan Groff. I mean, it's not like it's directly, directly always about age, but I think these new ideas are going to take hold. And when these new ideas take hold, I think we'll see the shape of everything start to shift and information ultimately is the weapon against ISIS. You know, it's the weapon against that their systems create systemic suffering, systemic yeah. pain, systemic rage, like rage. I think Marcus really described it. Rage is the acid that burns the vessel, not the victim, right? Yeah. It's like something they're holding inside that's eating them up. Yeah. And as they see information, they see a way that people could be living a different way as that starts to penetrate and they just can't resist the allure of the iPhone that's internet connected. Right. And then all of a sudden I start, I think we start to see those things evaporate, especially when we stop fucking bombing them and shit. That won't hurt. That wouldn't hurt. <laughs> that wouldn't hurt. It's a right? great way. If you like want someone to calm down, maybe stop <laughs> bombing them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Step one, stop bombing. But you know, by now, you know, it's like, again, the whole ISIS thing. It's like, I guess where I always come back to is like, all right, where are the ISIS cells living inside of me. Let me start there. Like, where's the the fascist inside of me? Where's the the obstructionary force in the universe inside of me? And then, because that is what I can deal with. I'm certainly not going to airdrop myself into some Syrian. Well, you did, maybe you just maybe the mother of all bombs was your hoppe that you just took, and you just bombed your own ISIS <laughs> cells it. in your spine. Certainly, I you know exactly. I think whatever that was, you know, and I do think that that is the, what the psychedelic is is the mother of all but it's a great way to put it and like when you start rate waging a kind of war and it is you know i, I love the bhagavad gita it's not afraid to use the war terminology mm -hmm. and it says go to war with your desire go to war with your fight this thing fight and like it's if that's instead of just being like oh i'm going to re i'm gonna recalibrate my energetic systems yeah. okay fine or i'm gonna fucking firebomb my ego i'm gonna firebomb it now th these are different windows to look at the same yeah. thing sometimes it's exciting to just do a surprise or sometimes the universe firebombs your ego and you think surprise the, motherfucker yeah <laughs> you're looking at your hand come to your face with a weird thing you've never seen before going ah what am I? Why? What did I just do? Yeah. Well, what you just did is you became you. The the universe came to you, and it said, "Oh, hey, let me see if I can work on your back." And you thought you're the one doing it, and that's how it happened. So anyway, I like the idea of waging war using psychedelics or uh, war healing yourself using psychedelics. Start there. If the yeah. idea is this vine is going to heal the world, if the idea is that LSD is going to heal the world or some understanding of the way LSD interacts with the, the neurons or consciousness, then start with yourself. 100%. Let it, it always into you. It always starts there. To be of service, you have to be fit for service. Yeah. And I think the nomenclature, this words are symbols and these symbols have immense power over the human brain. And I think... One of the things, let's say you're looking at, you know, a class of Marines, classically trained warriors, right? If you start to talk to them about energetic healing and letting go of your, you know, the vibrations yeah. that no longer serve you, you know, that may not be the best way to translate it. Maybe they need the Bhagavad Gita analogy to say, yeah. 
listen, listen, soldier, what you have inside you is a pain center. And that pain center is sending out signals to your psyche and your consciousness to cause suffering, to cause trauma, to cause you to act in ways that prevent you from living the happy, loving, productive life that you want to live. So we're going to give you something that's going to carpet bomb that motherfucker. It's going to eradicate it from your sense of being. Are you ready, soldier? And you just, and at that point, it's like, hoorah, let's do this. You know, and I think we need to be able to have the flexibility to translate this in a variety of different ways so that people can realize like, this isn't just for one type of people. This is universally applicable. I think we got to open up our language and not worry so much about the the symbols and the sanctimony of all of it like we have to penetrate that whole that whole system because we can't just heal a select few you know this isn't we aren't the jews in the desert and it's like ah we're the chosen people sorry motherfuckers you know this is like we need to share this with everybody yeah yeah you're right yeah i think i agree 100 percent. and also share it to your own tribe and share it in your own language yeah it's like you get you know stan stan groff He's got a language for communicating what what it is. And you get uh, some hardcore psychiatrist who's trying to explore ways to, like, scan the human genome to figure out what uh, psychoactive chemicals go best with whoever. Whatever way you want it, whatever language the thing is for you, be the translator. But be the translator. That's all. Be the translator. And to be the translator, you need something to translate. That's the main thing. You need to listen. And then when you listen and hear what it's saying to you, speak it in your own language, the people around you in the right way. And, and, and then they might be compelled in some way or another to begin to do the work on themselves. And then that's where the thing you're talking about happens. Yep. That's how it happens. Certainly not by sitting in your fucking apartment worrying about ISIS, weirdo. Yeah. You're sitting there all, you know, fucking nod over Islamic terrorism. While meanwhile, you just fucking threw clothes at your girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I know that it could work because when you start to translate, like, and I really don't think you would mind, but I've started to take donald cowboy cerrone down down this path and he's you know we've become good friends and we've done that? consciousness work he's a ufc fighter legend right okay but he's known for wearing a cowboy hat he's drinks budweiser all the time is like the classic you know cowboy okay kind yeah, of yeah i know you're talking associated about. figure great dude right but that guy you know if he continues down this path and sees the benefits that the early stages of the path have shown that guy is going to be able to translate it to a whole group of people that won't even listen to me won't listen to you won't listen to anybody and then those people are going to be able to translate it to their friends so this ability for just this all the voices to be heard and to come to common ground because we're all universally humans and this is a universal human treatment and so to have as you said the translation coming from all of these different places well, I'll tell you, here's the, here's the, you know, there's a, there's a, the, it was interesting about whatever we want to say is the forest behind this ayahuasca or, or any kind of healing medicine. Uh, they, it's, you put in a lot of different bait on the fish hooks. It's really funny. There's a lot of fish hooks floating there with a lot of different baits. And, uh, I think one of the things they're going to start finding out probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they started finding out what they already are finding it out. I mean, we hear every day. This is a new thing. Silicon Valley is microdosing. Yeah. You know, they're using that as an example. It's like, and they are, but I, I don't think they're the only people who are recognizing that there is a extreme advantage when it comes to taking microdoses of psychedelics, not just in like fields that require the ability to improvise and be in a flow state and be innovative. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if like in the military where we need to like fuse people together, this is that book or, or where a troop needs to function as one mind. This is, um, you know Stephen Kotler? I'm sure mm-hmm. you do. I do. And his book, Stealing Fire. Great Amazing fucking book. book. I just did a podcast with Jamie. Yeah, it's the co-author okay. of the book. Yeah. It's awesome. So the idea Incredible. is like, the the one of the, so now it's like, oh shit. Like, and then Kotler, I don't think he says that the Navy SEALs are taking LSD. And I don't think he could if he knew that. And I think if they told him that, they would be like, don't tell anyone this, I bet. But if the military 
if okay, if Silicon Valley is finding out, oh yeah, we take microdoses of this stuff because it gives us a severe advantage over people who don't. It's an, it's a nootropic. Yeah. And if you think the military's hearing that and they're like, oh, that sounds good. Well, you guys do that. We're certainly not going to use that with our soldiers. Why would we give them something that increases their visual acuity or makes them work together as a team? Why would we do that? We don't need it that. Uh, the problem with that, though, is the side effects that are a little troublesome for the soldiers. Yeah. Which is, wait, wait, why am I killing people again? Right. <laughs> that seems to be the stubborn, pesky side effect. That's of right. That's it, though. And, but if I, I'll tell you, man, I think it's getting in there. I think it's getting in there. I, I, it's a guess. And if it's not in the military, I bet it's in the government. And if it's not in the government, I bet it's in people surrounding the government. Like, sure. come on. Once a thing works... It everyone does it. Like once we know uh, Ritalin helps your kid focus and it's going to get him better. Everybody's grades. crushing Addies and snorting them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting to think about that. And I think probably the only thing preventing it is that kind of because they have done studies. The military's done studies on all of these psychedelics. Yeah. The whole programs back in the sixties and where they were giving them too much. They were yeah. blasting them with hundreds of micrograms. And that's the funny videos where they're like, <laughs> what? No, I'm not marching. Excuse yeah. you guys later. I, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But yeah, on the, on the microdose tip. But I think even still, like, so for example, I was out spearfishing in Hawaii. Wow, and, cool. And it was awesome. And I Do you decided, do that a lot? I've done it a bit. Yeah, I've done it a bit. Scuba diving? No, the free diving. Whoa, fuck. That's yeah. crazy. So part of the real challenge is being able to hold your breath and it was really yeah. choppy conditions strong current yeah uh, i was out with ben greenfield who's like a triathlete so if it wasn't for me and him in the water they probably wouldn't even have taken us out because wow. conditions were rough so the second half of the trip i decided to somewhere between a microdose and an actual dose of psilocybin to go down there wow and my ability to dive under the water increased dramatically yeah my ability to you know like see the fish and the patterns of the reef and know where they were hiding and all of that increased dramatically. Yeah. But the side effect, you know, as I'm trying to procure fish for dinner is I would get right up on it, a long nine foot pole spear and you pull back the bungee. I would get right up on one and it would make eye contact and I'd go, all right, buddy. <laughs> you know? yeah. And at that point, you know, there's this kind of empathy where even though it was a fish and even though I'm hungry and I eat fish yeah. at that point, like I was like, Okay, man. Like you're okay, all right. man. I'll leave you alone so that you can go eat other fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It doesn't even make any sense. But at that, that's one of the side effects yeah, of these empathic kind of consciousness things. That's it, right. it makes it more difficult to do that. And I think the military probably the only thing stopping them is they haven't figured out how, how to stop to, that. How to stop that pesky little side effect. That's right. You're probably right. You're probably right. And that pesky little side effect is the hope of the world. Right. And that pesky little side effect is a pesky little side effect of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Not just these plant medicines. It just happens that these medicines work really fast and they're kind of sexy. Yeah. They're fashionable. They're cool. Like it's cool. You can like talk, oh man, I did ayahuasca. Really? What was it like? It's cool. So it's like, there's all these different like ways that it's luring the children in, you know, mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because it's, it doesn't really care how it's taking on many forms and i love that and it's a beautiful thing so hopefully it will eventually and well it is though but think about it here's the thing how is mdma becoming prescribable thanks to rick doblin well ptsd yep so it's like okay we're gonna get this empathogen into the bloodstream of, of former soldiers and soldiers are friends with soldiers so if i can relieve the symptoms of your ptsd or cure it. Yeah. And this is like, uh, depression is one of the worst things that can happen to you. I can only speculate what PTSD is like, but I think it, I bet it's worse than depression. Yeah. It's, it's depression plus. Yeah. It's like, that's a, that's a component, a downstream component of PTSD, right? It's right. not even the whole thing. Fuck. A yeah. downstream component. So already the way these chemicals are being like explored is right now it's to treat a byproduct of the violence yeah but again one all that has to happen is enough people connect like what you're saying the ufc fighter if we get it to enough people connected 
to the groups of people that we don't have access to because they look at us and they're like, I don't speak your language, man. I don't know what you're talking about. You're annoying. You have a raspy lesbian voice. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? Shut up, please. Can you shut up? I bet you can't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to, but, but if it gets to like people who can go to their friends and in that language say, Hey, this works. Yeah. And now generals are taking it because a general's going to wonder if I'm a general and I, and, and like, my soldiers are being treated with this stuff. I'm going to be like, what is it? What is it? What does it do if I take MDMA? What is that going to be like? Mm-hmm. And then just what you're saying, that pesky little side effect yep. that starts happening. You can't. You can't tamp it down forever, man. You nope. can't tamp it down forever. So maybe you're right. And Aubrey. then look at the look at so look at some of the indications of psilocybin. I mean, the psilocybin indications are so broad. And so if someone is going in, let's say they go in for alcohol addiction, right? And that's a very narrow. Th- oh, I'm addicted to or cigarette. They actually yeah. showed eighty percent of people right off the bat quit smoking cigarettes <laughs> when they took psilocybin. That's right. right. And it persisted to sixty one percent or something like that over a long period of time. Way better than like Chantix and therapy. Yeah. which is the approved method, which is like 30%. So sure. double is effective. Let's say someone goes in for cigarette addiction. That's even easier. Oh yeah, I'm going to cure my smoking addiction. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Psilocybin does a billion other things too. Yeah. And all of these other things are starting to start to work. Yeah, you're going to put that cigarette down. But maybe that's because you love yourself better. Yeah. And maybe when you love yourself better, you'll start loving people better. And so these things will start to work in the ways that you know we're not even expecting it's like the opposite of right. pandora's box it's like the yes the the panacea box that's interesting but and with the, especially with the uh smoking cessation psilocybin treatment study mm-hmm. this is what i've heard haven't looked at the papers second info uh but it came from someone who's a psychiatrist so i think it's probably legit but you can look it up on the internet to make sure there is so when when the 70 percent cure rate the 70 percent experienced a mystical state so so it's like if so when you're taking the psilocybin the there's a direct correlation between you stopping smoking and you having what is categorized as a mystical state during the experience so it's not just psilocybin 70 percent quit smoking psilocybin oh fuck hi god oh shit oh god oh god oh what oh right oh i forgot oh what was i doing to my body <laughs> yeah oh it's, yeah smoking yeah i'm not gonna do that anymore yeah yeah it's <laughs> the doctor's like, like folk keep asking him about smoking like yeah i already told you i'm stopping smoking but can i talk about what really happened i talked to god no, like, yeah we don't care they do care what happened about smoking this, that's what's hilarious about these programs is they actually have uh broken down into like a, sci- a scientific version of a mystical experience here are the classifications of a mystical experience they have ways of 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 diagnosing a mystical experience well you've had a mystical experience according to my analysis and so this is really interesting isn't it because uh, if you look at the idea, I was just talking about this with Zach Leary. Why, this is in the Bhagavad Gita, the question Arjuna asked Krishna is, what is it that causes a man to sin? As you know, archaic language, even though a man knows these things are fucking me up. And the answer is essentially, well, person, because the, because you've forgotten about what, about me. You've forgotten about the, creative intelligence that exists in all things that's com- that's made of love and because of that you're looking for it in the cigarettes it's like why am i going to smoke cigarettes if i found something that makes me feel a million times better than cigarettes which is connection the chemical allows you to remember the connection yeah it's it, it's it opens the door and then once that happens all the addictions fall away or begin to fall away because it's like why why would you eat a bowl of turds when there's a, a nice hamburger right here <laughs> it's almost like there's there's two ways to remembering right there's the way of enlightenment and this kind of mind expansion remembering that we are all god and connected to god and connected to love and we yeah. are consciousness there's that way lots of psychedelics and expansion and meditation and yoga whatever means that you might have to find that or you just hasten your way to death wild where you just self-destruct your way so that 
oh yeah, I'll get there that way. You know, so Fuck. it's like one way or another, perhaps the greatest human drive is to find your way back to that consciousness, find your way back to Dude, God one way or another through death or through ascension. Aubrey, that's trippy. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> You're like, I'll just destroy my body yeah. as a means of achieving enlightenment through the disintegration of my uh, individuality mm-hmm. by death, by a biological death. That's really cool. That's a beautiful and sad thing. So, yeah. and this is what they say, you know, you see the junkie, you're looking at somebody who's almost a saint. You see a junkie. That's why they do have this, uh, what is it? Neil Young says, every junkie's like a set in sun. You know, it's like you do see this glow about them yeah. that's different than other people. It's the same kind of glow you see around the mystics. So yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like, yeah, no matter what, you're going, you're going home. You're going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of how much fucking fun you get to have. I mean, did you take the miserable shit ride where yeah. you're sliding down the water slide with broken glass yeah. and fucking sand and salt at the bottom? Yeah. Or are you going on the rainbow slide that makes this the funnest game on earth? Like, yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's like there's a lot of ways to get home. Yeah. And one of the, you don't have to like suck off truckers for meth. <laughs> Unless you like that. Unless that yeah. is your rainbow slide. That's right. Well, that's different. If that's your rainbow slide, <laughs> go for it. Because I do know, actually, I swear, I have a friend who that is like one of his forms of meditation. I'm not, but not for meth, but just sucking off truckers. But the, uh, the which is fine. It makes him really You have happy. a lot of truckers that are like, hey, uh, can you let me know your friend's name? <laughs> Dude, it's quite surprising. He, like, he, uh, it's a really interesting thing that at truck stops there's these little like patches outside of truck stops where like um guys can like go and just just fuck in these little patches he explained the whole thing to me on one of my podcasts but i i don't remember if he said it on the podcast or before the podcast so i don't want to say it was but <laughs> like uh but i don't think he'd be embarrassed by it. but anyway the point is um well yeah we're all going home this is jack cornfield always says this quote by hafiz I poet, Sufi poet. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I hope you find better quarters. And it's, you know, you don't have to live in that cheap fucking junked out, addicted thing for your whole life. And this is the offering of the psychedelic. It's like, hey, hey, look, look. Come here. Look at this other room. Yeah. There's all these other. God, imagine how cool that would be if you live in some shit apartment. And one day you were kind of like, like maybe putting a picture up. You're like, wait, this is a door. <laughs> and you open the door and it leads into a palace. And you're like, oh my fucking God, there's a whole palace next to this room that I thought was everything. That's the psychedelic. You know, it shows you, oh yeah, you're living in a mansion. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's, uh, you know, if enough people experience that, then yeah, man, world peace, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that analogy, I, I just was talking to Dave Nichols about the mechanism of action of psilocybin and. What he's talking about is really what they're finding is the dramatic increase in neural connectivity. So all aspects of your brain start communicating. Everything that was once compartmentalized then starts to open up and you realize it's much bigger. So it's really like perhaps your identification point of consciousness is somewhere more focused on that classic default mode network, maybe the amygdala, maybe these areas of the brain that are more fear responsive. You forge this little protected apartment and all of a sudden the psilocybin comes in and starts blasting out walls. And you're like, Oh Uh, damn, (laughs) I got this massive compound. That's awesome. It's awesome. And then some of the walls come back up, but you have an awareness of like, Oh, those walls aren't really real. Like yeah. I got, I went over to this room, and this room was amazing. Yeah. and I went to this room, and then the brain remembers that, and it kind of clears it out in a permanent way. It's cool. Yeah. That old scared ass self. Like you have to, like you'll suddenly realize, like, oh, I'm being scared me right now. Like, yeah. oh fuck, I don't have to be this person. Yeah, that's barely anything that I am at all. But it is. A lot of people spend their whole life scared, freaked out. It's weird. You could even do it right now. Anyone listening could just you do it right now. Just imagine that that thing that's scared is a speck on the shirt of what you really are. And then you realize, like, actually, you're this super confident, happy, prolific, wonderful, loving person that's been pretending to be scared. You could just do that. You could just imagine, like, oh, shit, this angry thing I've been doing is just like a weird game of make-believe I got stuck in. And then you pop out of it. Well, I, you know, again... This actually came to me after this fucking, I don't want to say asshole, it's a very sweet dude. (laughs) 
gave me this powder that I blasted in my nose. I swear, man, I think there's something to it, Aubrey. I really do. I think there's, you know that. Yeah. And it's the, uh, the idea. I mean, what you're talking about is, is the classic awakening. It's like waking up to a, the reality that you're not all of these things that you thought you were. Yeah. This Buddhist that I started following, his name's Muji, Jamaican born Buddhist. And he has, uh, it, I listened to a lot of his talks. And one of the things he says, it says, you either wake up inside your body or you continue to wear your body like pajamas, still oh, asleep. That's so funny. <laughs> Right. You know, it's like you're either in your pajamas, uh, just sleepwalking around yeah. and all of a sudden you wake up and like, Doing. oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. You know, that's right. pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just you, you do. You're like, oh, oh, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> I mean, just like anybody else. Like I've seen the videos, dude on Ambien in an airport. I've, did you see that? The guy just no. unzips his pants and just starts pissing on the carpet of an airport. And you hear like people are like, oh my God, and the bat is like, what's he doing? Well, he's fucked up. He's yeah. on ambient. He doesn't know what he's doing. But how, when you look back at your life, how many times have you pissed in the middle of an airport in different ways, you know, because oh, yeah. you've been dead asleep, yeah. had no idea. You just thought the world sucked. And you Said were... something shitty to somebody. Yeah. Did something. Got him. Fucking... Ooh, yeah. I got him good. <laughs> oh. And you go home and you're like, ooh, I got him good. How many, dude. One of the primary phone conversations, I love listening in on people in public on the phone. It's so fun to listen to the different lives happening. But if you hear all the time I hear, and that's when I told him, bop, 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 and I got him good. Some uh -huh. version of it. And then I said, bop, bop, bop. The, the game verbal of like, version of the three snaps. Yeah, I got him good. <laughs> I got her good. Yeah. That's every, People are spending their whole lives playing the game of like, I got, I got him. Backs. Yeah. And that's a really, really unfortunate and boring game to play yeah i mean especially when you get that conscious perspective that that's you're just doing it to yourself it's just the other version of yourself yeah. in the different life right like it can't possibly work no one gives a shit no, anyone totally. who's gotten me back i forget about it within like eight minutes like if you get me back i promise you i'll be like maybe like i'll be like wow you really got me but the next day, that's never going to cross my mind again. Right. So while you're like, ooh, I really do, did I get that asshole? While you're like, ooh, yeah, like some Gargamel fucking warlock in your tower of doom. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're having a seizure of pain. <laughs> no one's remembering the darts you threw at them. Right. They're just, they're, no one's thinking about it, probably. And if they are, well, congrats. <laughs> You know, that's an extra fart in your fucking life <laughs> floating around. Yeah, that's that other thing that when you do get perspective and you do get to have that mirror eventually shown to you, then that's that, ah, fuck moment. That God dang God it. God damn it. Why did I do that? Why was I living that way? It's like being in a water park and deciding to sit in the urinal. Like, <laughs> oh, this is the best. I love this water park. Oh God, flush it again, flush it again. This is an amazing ride. You're like surrounded by like water slides and lazy rivers and <laughs> wave pools. Oh yeah, oh wait, what? You mean there was other rides than the urinal ride? That fucking piss ride I spent my whole life in? That's it, man. And that's the, that's the, I think probably is a sad moment in a person's life if you you get too close to the end and you realize you, you were the urinal right you were fucking sitting in a toilet in a water park for your whole life and pretending you were in the ocean and it's like that's a tragedy which is yeah. why there is a if you are a suffering person if you're lost in pain if you're lost in depression or whatever the fuck it is you gotta fight right you gotta fight because it's a water park it's a blast out here man it's so worth it it's yeah. so worth it if you do and you think like people are so obsessed with this idea of control right but the people obsessed with this idea of control aren't really in control and that's like the great illusion of it all right. like you're trying i don't want to take psychedelics i'm afraid of losing control uh, bitch you're not in control right, right now your fucking fears in control Ooh, you're that's just, good. your lust is in control yeah. all of these things are actually controlling you right yeah. now and this thing that you're saying i'm worried about losing control it's really actually gaining control it's like the whole backwards game wild big joke of the universe like yeah i don't want to lose control i like being in control motherfucker you're so far from being in control <laughs> you know you got this little tiny reptilian 
alien basilisk yes. in your brain called the amygdala that looks oh. like a fucking Super Mario villain <laughs> just calling out the shots, just Bowser like, do yeah. this, do this. Yeah, dude. Yes. Take, take the mushroom ride, my friend. <laughs> Go down the tube, beat the Bowser. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's so true. It's so funny that the people, the primary reason that people reject psychedelics is a fear of losing control. The implication being they think they're in control. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're taking Ambien and pissing in a fucking airport. Yeah. Yeah. No shit. They're going through their fourth divorce. Yeah. You know, they're like, it's not that if you're going through your fourth divorce, it necessarily means you're in control of outer control, whatever. But yeah, that's a really funny thing. The illusion of control. This is the, one of the primary elements of the path of bhakti yoga that I've studied a little bit is the conceptualization of, uh, the question is what actually one of the questions is what is controlled and what is controlling? So who is the supreme controller and who is that which is controlled? And the idea is that the suffering of a person happens because of just what you're saying. Suffering comes because a person thinks they're in control. They have the idea is, of course, this is a theistic religion, but I, I'm citing that a photon explodes out of the sun. Mm-hmm. It's not the sun, but it came from the sun and has the qualities of the sun. A person comes out of God. The person is not God. It's a particulate of God. And yet the person still has the same predilections that the supreme identity has. And the supreme identity is completely in control and yet completely renounced, which is one of the interesting ways they describe it. Fully in control, fully renounced to anything that happens. Fully somehow in the state of controlling the most my smallest particle and yet not there at all so mm-hmm. these two opposites are meeting the yin and the yang or, or mm-hmm. whatever so a person instinctually is like oh, i've got to control everything because i'm a part of god that impulse and that's when you you know that's when the suffering starts yeah. because it's like what are you really controlling like what can you control really really <laughs> you know what your room i guess your house putting pictures on the wall maybe the way you drive but then it's like god this woman at the ramdas retreat pointed this thing out she was like odds are you're not going to remember anything that's happening right now because most people are living in a forgotten memory which we live in you know like you don't remember shit that's true so if you don't remember it how are you in control there you weren't even there there wasn't even there's huge swaths of your experience that are just gone you don't know what you ate four days ago you don't know the lot you know what i mean if you try to think back seven pisses ago (laughs) gone gone where were you you knew you were pissing somewhere i mean maybe you could do it 14 pisses no way i think i might be able to go back seven but it's like probably you know so just these fundamental strange actions that a human has to do as part of the life process you don't remember and then it's of course the classic example is the meal and it's not the meal the porn you looked at go back eight porn hubs ago do you remember what you're looking at only when i'm puking it in a marriott (laughs) city center trash can (laughs) then then i remember it clearly yeah that control and then permanence we're always struggling for permanence as if we're going to get to something that we can finally happen that's permanence i think stan groff was great when he was saying you know he's talking about some of the physicists that he talked to he's like there are no such things as nouns there's only processes i'm not stan groff i'm stan groffing oh i love this is not a table it's tabling Uh, you know because everything is in motion but we have this idea that something is permanent nothing's fucking permanent which is the futility of attachment the more we try to hold on to something and make it stay it won't it'll just keep going till our fingers break and our nails rip off from the pain of trying to hold on to something that inherently can't be held on to fuck yeah that's beautiful too because i love that because if we have a spectrum of self and if you allow yourself to take the leap that yourself isn't necessarily dependent for on your body for to to be that you might be something that transcends matter and is exploring matter in the form of your identity but it's maybe not dependent on your body and your on on your body being here. So that means this continuum is infinite. And if it's a continuum, that means there's a connection right now, because of our spot in the time space continuum and the way we perceive time, we're only going to see this moment. 
We can barely remember the past, certainly can't see the future. But if it is a continuum that isn't limited to biologic, to our life, to, to our, our bodies existing, then potentially on this continuum, there's some perfected version of ourselves. Yeah. And if that's the case, we're connected to that right now because it's a continuum. And if we're connected to that right now, then could we not draw energy from it? Because we're connected. And maybe when we find our hands blasting snuff into our nose and maybe when the miracles happen where we start healing ourselves and we think, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start working out. I am going to start eating better. I am going to, maybe what's actually happening is the actualized self at whatever point in the continuum where we achieve realization is sending to us or drawing us into it, you know, or getting closer and closer to that self. So, and so, you know, if you want an easy way to fix your atheist problem and you don't want to believe in God or use those words, I get it. You could just think, oh, I'm connected to my higher self on an infinite continuum and I'm going to try to reach out to that perfected self for advice, yeah. for healing, for inspiration. Yep. And it fucking works. It really does work, man. Hell yeah. You know, the other thing, when you think about it on the cosmic scale, right? All right, so we have this big bang, which is all matter expanding from a single point, yeah. right? A single unicity, a single singularity. Yes. Which is, you know, if as above, so below, you know, yeah. matter corresponding to whatever else there is in that other dimension, which we would call God or source or whatever. But there is a point where we were all going back to singularity, yes. to a single unicity yes. with the divine. And then boom, we're all those photons from the sun, yeah. all of with our own particulate. But we're connected to the singularity always. Yes. You know, we're connected to the perfection of all things and the wisdom of all things. Because yeah. it has to be, because it's actual all of matter getting compressed to that one point and bursting out forth. That's right. Know, in the cyclical nature of this big bang, which I don't think, I don't think we physically, you know, physics has proven that it's going to go contract back to a point and burst forth. But the fact that everything else in the universe is a cycle strongly lends me to believe that that's the way it goes. Big bang and then collapse back to a single point, then big bang, the giant heartbeat of God. Or the other one is big. The big bang is actually a white hole. I love that outflow. <laughs> yeah. So the big bang is another universe rubbing into this universe. Yeah, so it gets fractal. Yeah, so it's, and then this universe gets sucked into a black hole that blasts out into another universe. So right. we're kind of like the, uh, like a, an overflowed, flowing septic tank from another universe. <laughs> Well, this is what happens when God flushes the toilet. It just sprays out a fucking dimension with people who are like, Wee! I'm going to control everything. Uh, urinal water slide. Yeah. The yeah. urinal broken glass water slide. Let's fucking do it. I don't know why I'm doing a lot of fucking toilet jokes today, Aubrey. Uh, well, my brother, it's been a pleasure as pleasure. always. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, man. You're Fuck smart. Yeah. I love being around you. you make I me love happy. being around you, Duncan. Cool. Thanks, man. Anything uh, you got comedy shows or shit you want to point people to? This will come out sometime in May. So In May? Well, uh, let's see. I'm doing a bunch of it. By then, I'll just be doing a bunch. Oh, yeah. May 16th. It's on my website, DougAtrussell.com. Doing a live podcast with uh, Alex and Allison Great. Potentially, they did. They, we did talk about it. I got to remind them because maybe, who knows, stuff happens. But I am doing a live DTFH with, I think, Alex and Allison Gray. Awesome. I pray for that, but I think it will happen. Um, so that's going to happen. And everybody listen to the Duncan Trussell podcast. It's fucking amazing. Duncan Thanks. Trussell family are so fucking good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for Thank sure. Thank you. Cool. All right, everybody. See you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And once again, if you have 30 seconds to leave an iTunes review, it would be greatly appreciated. Remember to register at thecureishere.com to be the first to know about this amazing campaign we're building up to support the continued clinical trial research for these important medicines. That's thecureishere.com. Thank you so much. Much love. Peace.